Women in Sport, 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win, written by Rachel Ignatowski. Flo Hyman, Volleyball Player Women's volleyball in the 1960s was seen as a hobby, not a serious sport. At the time, people considered volleyball largely for white people and basketball for black people. So Flo Hyman, a black woman, did not fit the stereotype of a volleyball player. But her skills changed how Americans viewed the sport. She would be recognised as one of the greatest players in the world. Flora Jean Flo Hyman was born in 1954 in California, USA. She grew tall quickly. By age 17, she was 6 feet 5 inches. Her strength and height made her powerful at serving and spiking the ball. She worked hard to perfect her technique, but she had more than athletic talent. Flo enjoyed the teamwork of volleyball and had leadership qualities and a great attitude. She always put her team's success before her own ego. While playing at the University of Houston, she was named All-American three times. In 1975, Flo joined the U.S. national team. The U.S. women's volleyball team needed a lot of preparation to be ready to compete at the Olympics. Despite year-round training, the team didn't even qualify for the 1976 Games. Flo was instrumental in pushing her teammates to be their best. And all their hard work paid off. They qualified for the 1980 Olympics. But due to Cold War conflicts, the US boycotted the Games and none of the US teams could compete. Flo and her teammates kept working and were ready for the 1984 Olympics, where she led her team to a silver medal. Her family cried when she didn't win the gold, but for Flo, even competing was a dream come true. She thought how far her team had come and was proud of her fellow players. In 1986, while playing volleyball in Japan, Flo died suddenly. In her memory, the Flo Hyman Memorial Award was given to 18 outstanding female athletes from 1987 to 2014. Susan Butcher, Dog Musher. 
The Iditarod is considered the last great race on Earth. For over 1,688 kilometres, mushers need to face sub-zero temperatures, wild animals, frozen rivers and the perilous Alaskan wilderness. A musher must be strong enough to push the sled and have the mental and physical endurance for the long race. Susan Butcher wanted to be the greatest dog musher that ever lived. Susan Howlett Butcher was born in 1954 and grew up in Massachusetts, USA. When her mum gave her a Siberian husky, Susan found her calling. After high school, she relocated to Colorado and began training sled dogs. She then moved again to Alaska and started training for the Iditarod. Searching for a dog team, she got some race-ready huskies from a kennel owner in exchange for training his younger dogs. She placed 19th in the 1978 Iditarod, the first woman to finish in the money. Racing was very dangerous, and each time Susan set out on the Iditarod, she faced new challenges. In the 1982 race, she crashed into a tree, then got stuck in a snowstorm, but still finished second. In the 1984 race, a frozen river gave way under her sled and she nearly drowned, but her dogs pulled her to safety. Again, she came second. In 1985, Susan had to fight off an angry moose with an axe. The moose killed two and injured 13 of her dogs and she was out of the race. Another woman, Libby Riddles, became the first woman to win the Iditarod that year. Susan continued to push herself despite these setbacks. In 1986, Susan finally won her first Iditarod, setting a new speed record. She won twice more, becoming the first person to win the Iditarod three times in a row. In 1990, she won again, finishing hours before her competitors and setting a new speed record for the race. 11 days, 1 hour, 53 minutes and 23 seconds. In dog sledding, men and women compete against each other. Susan is remembered as one of the sport's first top athletes. Bev Francis, weightlifter and bodybuilder. Beverly Francis was born in Australia in 1955. She always admired strength and was fascinated with muscles. In a world where women were expected to be weak and small, she wanted to become strong, large and independent. As a teen, Bev was a shot putter. And in 1974, she started weight training seriously. Bodybuilding requires intense discipline and focus. It's not just about lifting weights, it's about sculpting the body. It is twice as hard for women to retain muscle, so Bev trained more than anyone else. With such dedication, she was undefeated in every powerlifting competition she entered. 
and she was the world powerlifting champion six times from 1980 to 1985. During this time, she broke over 40 world powerlifting records, including becoming the first woman to bench press over 136 kilograms. Bev was strong, but the International Federation of Bodybuilding's Miss Olympia competition was not just about strength. Bodybuilding championships focus mainly on the symmetry and definition of the muscles, but female bodybuilders were also judged on their femininity. Bev sparked a national conversation about how muscles should be a larger part to female bodybuilding when she was featured on the movie Pumping Iron 2 in 1983, and again when she placed 10th in the 1986 Miss Olympia competition. She thought they should have ranked her either first or last, based on her body. Bev kept on competing, coming third in 1987, 1988 and 1989, and second in 1990. When Bev took the Miss Olympia stage in 1991, the crowd gasped and cheered in awe. Her physique could beat most of the male middleweight bodybuilders. She was in the lead in all the categories, but still came second, losing only by one point. Despite the loss, she was recognised as the most muscular woman the world had ever seen. Again, she helped to change the conversation about how to evaluate female strength. Bev went on to start Powerhouse Gym in New York City. She continues to train and empower other women to get strong. Nadia Komenech, gymnast. Nadia Komenech's performance at the 1976 Olympic Games epitomised flawlessness. With grace and ease, this 14-year-old girl swung through her uneven bars routine and earned a perfect score of 10. This achievement was assumed to be so unattainable that the Olympic scoreboards were not even equipped to display it. Nadia gave six more perfect performances, and with seven scores of ten, she made Olympic history. Nadia was born in 1961 in a small town in Romania, then a Soviet-influenced state, where national pride was big business for the government. Her gymnastic training started at age six, with all of her coaching paid for by Romania. At a boarding school run by her famed coach, Bella Caroli. The training was intense, but by age 13 she was ready to compete internationally. In 1975, she was the youngest person ever to compete at the Champions All Tournament. That year, she earned four gold and one silver medal at the European Championships. In 1976, she showed the world gymnastic perfection at the Olympics, winning gold in the uneven bars, balance beam, and individual all-round. She also won a silver in the team all-round and a bronze on the floor. Nadia returned to Romania as a hero of socialist labour. 
She defended her European Championship title in 1977 and won two gold and two silver medals at the 1980 Moscow Olympics. Although Nadia was a celebrity, her treatment in Romania was anything but glamorous. In 1981, Bella Caroli defected to the United States. The government, afraid that Nadia would also defect, restricted her travel and had the police follow her. Nadia said, I started to feel like a prisoner. In reality, I'd always been one. She retired from gymnastics in 1984 and in 1989 Nadia escaped from Romania by walking through the forest into Hungary. She made her way to New York, where she was given asylum. Nadia's performance in the 1976 Olympics showed the world what is possible in gymnastics. Now, Nadia fundraises for many charities, and her academy trains future generations of gymnasts. Jackie Joyner-Kersey, heptathlete. Jacqueline Jackie Joyner-Kersey was born in 1962 and grew up in East St. Louis, USA. Work was scarce and Jackie's family often lacked money for food, but her parents made sure their kids never got into trouble and they stressed the importance of education. After school, Jackie played basketball and volleyball at her local community centre and discovered athletics. In high school, she was in the athletics team and starred on their state championship basketball team. Jackie graduated with an impressive grade point average and a basketball scholarship to UCLA. At university, she played basketball but longed to be on the athletics team. She went to trials but did not impress the coaches. Determined, she practised the long jump by herself until coach Bob Kersey noticed her passion. Together they trained in the seven heptathlon events. The 100 metres hurdles, high jump, shot put, 200 metre dash, long jump, javelin and 800 metre run. In 1981, Jackie's mother died and Jackie began suffering from extreme exercise-induced asthma. Despite her grief and medical difficulty, she kept on training. She won the heptathlon at the NCAA Championship and the USA National Championship. But at the 1984 Olympics, her long jump performance fell short. She won the silver medal at the heptathlon and was determined to win gold next time. At the 1986 Goodwill Games, an alternative to the Olympics, Jackie broke the world record for the heptathlon. Her score of 7,148 points made her the first person to score over 7,000. At the 1988 Olympics, Jackie won gold medals in the heptathlon and the long jump. She beat her own world record with a score of 7,291 and her long jump of 7.4 metres set an Olympic record. 
Jackie continued to win Olympic medals, a bronze and a gold in 1992 and a bronze in 1996, making her one of the most decorated athletics competitors ever. Her world record still stands. After 18 years of competing, Jackie retired and is now recognised as one of the greatest athletes of all time. Women in Sport 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win Written by Rachel Ignatowski